Hi, everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. All right, welcome back. God's Plan, Your Part, entering into the book of Exodus. We have now done two books. That's funny, entering into Exodus. Yeah, that's true, because Exodus actually means exit. So that's a great segue. Uh, Quick (laughs) overview This is basically uh, another narrative book. It's kind of like a historical narrative of the people of Israel, specifically of when they were in Egypt to when they came out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's written by Moses uh, as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit carried him along as he wrote down uh, the things that he was supposed to write down. And it's going to... Huh? Sorry. Well, there's going to be a lot of focus on, I would say, God's covenant. It's like another situation. So like... God says to Abraham when he's standing out in a field, an old man with an old wife and no kids, I'm going to prosper you and make you a nation. It's like, oh, come on. That's crazy. Now they're this like force to be reckoned with. Now they're a force to be reckoned with, but they're slaves in Egypt. And in the opening passages of Exodus, they're going to get killed off. Mm -hmm. And so again, the reader, the listener is in a place of like, wow, is God going to be faithful to his promise? Well, if you've ever, if you've ever read this straight through before, I have always thought, like, how did they go from such years of prosperity to a place where everybody's enslaved? And actually, when you, like, when we open the chapter, or actually even open the book, it talks about the the new pharaoh not really knowing of who Joseph was. So, like, right there is the defining moment. So, Joseph dies off. Like new leadership comes underway, and they just kind of forget about the significance of Joseph, which then leads to like insecurity for the Egyptians, and all these people are going to take over, and that is how we end up in these terrible, awful enslavement years. And, and it's interesting because it it's easy to think in your head like, okay, there's Egyptians, there's Israelites, like they're two totally different people groups. That's not completely true. Because of Ephraim and Manasseh, like, they're intermingled and intermixed. Mm -hmm. And so while there is, like, a very clear Hebrew identity and a very clear Egyptian identity, it's a little bit off to assume that all of Jacob's descendants are all this, like, linear-looking people. Like, they're a mixed group of people because of Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, And 350 years have passed. So when we closed on Genesis yesterday and we opened Exodus today, mm-hmm. we are opening up 350 to 400 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And so a lot has happened. Uh, probably a lot has happened Many in Egyptian generations culture. that have like forgotten exactly. or exactly. not really felt the significance of Joseph. And basically what's going to emerge is an evil leader. Mm-hmm. We're going to see lots of evil leaders as we walk through the Bible. Uh, and consistently, we're going to have the question, will God deliver his people from this new evil leader? Mm-hmm. The answer tends to be yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was pretty amazed, too, with these stories, again, that I've heard so many times. But it is just, like, packed into these first three chapters. I was telling Ryan earlier, DreamWorks did a pretty amazing job packing in as much <laughs> as they could into two and a half hours that we read in literally like five minutes. Yeah, there's like there's like a Noah movie and it's based on like a half a chapter. Noah. Yeah, there's a, there, I mean, there's, yeah, there's a Noah movie with Russell Crowe. And, oh, 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 I, I was talking Moses, so you got me a little confused. A lot of Bible movies are based on very little 
Yeah. Text. And what's interesting nuts. is a lot of times, because we could do a little bit more reading <laughs> in our spiritual disciplines, huh, a lot of times we base our understanding of, of God on those movies instead of on yeah, the text. Yeah, it is. And so we value the fact that we are doing this journey of reading the Bible uh-huh. over and over, and we think it'll be really valuable for you as well. So here we go. Here goes Exodus. <laughs> Uh, what do you think, Jenny? What stuck out to you? We read we read uh, Exodus. I almost said Genesis. We read Exodus one to three. Uh, what are things that stuck out to you? Well, I think definitely uh, I was just kind of blown away with how much is packed into here. Um, but something that we keep seeing over and over and over and over again um, is God telling Moses, remember to tell them, I am the the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And that just is like this constant on and on and on and on and on, Um, which I guess would just be like that. Oh, okay. That links is that like gives him credibility. It it does. So the first time we hear that in Exodus is Exodus 2.24. And God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Um, so that is kind of the intro. It's kind of like, and God noticed and God decided to do something about it. Um, keep in mind, we did read, this is like super extra credit. We read way back in Genesis, essentially God said, you can't go and take the promised land because the, the sins of the people have not reached their height. You remember that Jenny? It's like the, the sins of the Amorites are not yet, is not, are not yet complete. Uh, is in early on in Genesis when God is promising things to Abraham. So across those 400 years when they're in slavery in Egypt, like God is actually waiting for the sins of the Amorites to be complete. Hmm. And so he, in in waiting, is being gracious to the people who live in that land so mm-hmm. that their sins reach the point that requires judgment so that he can allow the Israelites <laughs> to take the land and be God's instrument of judgment, which he's allowed to do whenever he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what's going on in that 400 year gap. Um, but God's going to call out this covenant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And keep in mind in Egypt, there are like lots of gods. There's gods everywhere. There's God mm-hmm. of the sun. There's God of the harvest. There's a God of the moon. There's a God, like literally there's gods of everything. So God is identifying himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then later on, I think it's in chapter three, he just says, I am which I am when it's translated in the Hebrew just means Yahweh. Something that I did notice was when God is speaking to Moses, he says to him, go to Pharaoh, tell him that you need him to like, basically let the people go. But there's a part where he says that he will like, that Pharaoh's basically not going to just give them over but that he's going to like strike down his power on Egypt. So like I never really knew that he knew that going in. We've talked some about God's sovereignty. We talked about that a lot in Job. Uh, we've talked about it a lot in Genesis, just referring to the fact that he is faithful to his promise and he keeps his covenant. We're going to see that some in Exodus as well, that he knows exactly what's going to happen. He Moses is, does. Well, God does. Or God does. And he that. reveals okay. it to Moses. But yeah. it is interesting that, like, if all you have is the movies yeah. or just, yeah. like, the cultural idea, mm-hmm. you might think that Pharaoh had a chance every single time mm-hmm. of the ten plagues. But it seems like God says at the very beginning he has a very hard heart 
And he's not mm-hmm. going to let you go until he sees my wonders and my works. Mm-hmm. So nothing, what is interesting to me then was like nothing was really going to be a surprise to Moses. Like he was prepared for this beforehand. Um, yeah. So that was kind of a cool thing that I had not noticed before. Something to keep in mind as we read through Exodus, and this is kind of a fun lens to look through. A lot of times scholars refer to Jesus as a new Moses. And if you look at the story of Moses, you'll see many things that are very similar to the story of Jesus. So the, what are some similarities the first thing in what, we, what we've read just now is that uh, the, the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, basically says all the firstborn males must die. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be like this plan of escape to save the life of Moses. And that sets him apart as somebody interesting and unique. Uh, Herod is going to declare that all the boys in the land have to be killed because Herod doesn't want a new king to take mm. over his yeah, role that's true. Uh, in the Gospels. And so the Mary and Joseph, they have to flee to Egypt to ensure the safety of young Jesus, just like... Uh, Moses' mother had to take, you know, like evasive actions to ensure the safety of baby Moses. So similarity number one. So I'm super excited to dig into the story of Moses. Moses is probably my one of, I guess. I, I hesitated, but <laughs> you dressed up as him. I did dress up as Moses in, in my like grade? Ni- ninth grade living ninth museum. Ninth grade, shoot! I thought that was a younger yeah, grade. I walked for around you. with concrete tablets, and it was a it was a whole. Vibe. Were they real concrete tablets? Yeah, of course, obviously. so uh, i'm excited to to read over this story again i'm excited to have you guys do it with us jenny i'm curious if you came up with any kind of challenge for us today as we read over exodus one to three i feel like this story of moses these beginning uh chapters of exodus are really ones that we've probably heard before if you're familiar with the bible you've heard this many many times Uh, but for me Again, these are stories that I have heard many times, but have often taken like the the like Hollywood version of to like create my understanding of what God's word says. So I think if nothing else today, like take God's word for your own and like actually devote the time to listening and reading yourself because there's so much packed into these chapters. Um, but some things that I think we just don't even pay attention to because it's not really something that we've read ourselves. We just take for what other people have said. Um, so as you're just diving into God's word today, whether it's just listening to us reading it or even taking the time to read the chapters yourself, really, um, look for those details and things that maybe you hadn't noticed before, or maybe just blindly listened or just took for someone else's or took someone else's word for Uh, what it actually says. So I'd encourage you to just take the time today and kind of make your own understanding from what God's word says and not necessarily what others just put there. This is where we get to say, stick around, listen to the reading today. Don't just turn this off. Um, God's word is way more important than Ryan and Jenny's word. Yes. Or (laughs) grab your Bible Go read it for yourself. It will not take you very long to it read certainly Exodus won't. 1 to 3. It Cover won't take quite a bit. Um, so it is excellent to read it for yourself uh, and to to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants to reveal today as you read it. So we'll be back tomorrow uh, in Exodus 4, 
again, I'm just as excited for Exodus as I was Genesis. Probably more excited for Exodus than I was Job. <laughs> Not going to oh, lie. Definitely. But we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Exodus 1. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah. Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin. Dan, and Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the descendants of Jacob were 70 persons. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation. But the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong, so that the land was filled with them. Now there arose a new king over Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply, and, if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us to escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they were spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves, and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick, and in all kinds of work in the field. In all of their work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sephira and the other Pua, When you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him, but if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives. And all the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank. And his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So the girl went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. When the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses, because, she said, I drew him out of the water. One day, when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on the burdens, and he saw the Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, and he said to the man in the wrong, 
Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came and drew water and filled the troughs of water for their father's flock. The shepherds came and drove them away. But Moses stood up and saved them and watered their flock. When they came home to their father, Reuel, he said, How is it that you have come home so soon today? They said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the land of the, sh- out of the hand of the shepherds and even drew water for us and watered the flock. He said to his daughters, Then where is he? Why have you left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. And Moses was content to dwell with the man. And he gave Moses his daughter Zipporah. She gave birth to a son. He called his name Gershom. For he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. During those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, a priest of Midian, and he had led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight why the bush is not burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard the cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, But I will be with you, and this shall be a sign for you, that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord, the God of your fathers, 
the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob has appeared to me, saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt, and I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the, H- the Hivites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with milk and honey. And they will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. And now, please let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And when you go, you shall not go empty. But each woman shall ask of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold jewelry and for clothing. You shall put them on your sons and your daughters. So you shall plunder the Egyptians. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.